Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio. My name's Matt, and this morning I'm joined by Donna and Fom. And we have a special guest today, Nico Lenardi from SCABG, who you may have heard of on the show before. And Nico's in today to talk to us about his recent experience with Sea Shepherd Operation Nemesis. And we'll be back with the show after this announcement. Kính thưa quý vị, đây là đài phát thanh TCR trên làn sóng AM 855. Kính mời quý vị đón nghe. <cười> 3CR broadcasts over 130 programs in 25 languages supporting communities and viewpoints that you just don't hear about anywhere else. Subscribe to your award-winning multilingual community radio station, 3CR, and help keep these voices on the airwaves. Call the station on 94198377. The number is again 94198377. Welcome back on Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 a.m. You're here with Matt and Donna and Fam, And in the studio with us this morning, uh, Nico Linardi, who is, as you all know, of course, the head of uh, Scab Duty, which is a, a movement um, that teaches people about plastic pollution and plastic use. And uh, they do lots of cleanups every week um, in Williamstown and uh, the west of Melbourne. And Nico, you've just returned from a pretty epic trip with uh, Sea Shepherd called Operation uh, Nemesis. Is that right? 
That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what I would love to know is because I know, I mean, I've known you for a while, but what motivated you? to take on an epic trip of going, you know, three months on a boat with the same people going off to Antarctica chasing a bunch of Japanese. I would really like to know. Um, yeah, motivation. It's, um, yeah, I, yeah, so I've, I've been working with Sea Shepherd for um, probably about three years sort of on and off, but more intensively the past year. And um, mainly just helping out, doing electrical stuff where needed, and um, just yeah, just being that's my trade and stuff like that. So I'd just volunteer one or two days a week, um, just helping out on the ship. Um, the opportunity popped up a bit closer to campaign, which was um, last December. Um, so an opportunity popped up to actually crew on board as well, and um, pretty much motivation behind it is. Um, yeah, we need to, I think everyone needs to start doing a little bit more to um, just help out the world and, and, yeah, start doing their part. So um, Ah, the whales yeah. were calling you. The whales are calling. Yeah, <laughs> you can it. hear their song. Yeah, that's it. So um, there's a lot, yeah, again, there's a lot we can all do and um, this is something I can do and give my trade back and, you know, be be on board with uh yeah 30 on i was on board the steve Irwin, so there was uh 36 other crew members on board as well so um yeah just more like-minded people like fighting for the same cause yeah, yeah. how did you how did you get into the ocean activism were you always interested in the ocean or is it something that's happened later in life it sort of snowballed i think i've always always been interested in the ocean but never um, realized how passionate I was with it. Like I remember snorkeling as a kid in Williamstown with my granddad and stuff like that. And he reminds me of me jumping on his back and just dragging him around, like around Williamstown Beach, looking at sand. There's like not at the beach part. There's nothing down there. And then you know when I got a bit older, um, maybe maybe even five years ago. I'm 30 now. I was like 25, and I put a mask and goggles on and went around to jawbone around the corner and i'm addicted now so yeah. <laughs> so it's just like jawbone yeah. such an incredible place it, it, it is yeah you pop your head out of the water and see the cbd yeah and then pop your head underwater and it's like a, and it's yeah. another world and then you look you know sort of like northwest and then you've got um yeah a refinery just over there as well but then you look down and, and yeah there's a whole jungle of like like yeah jungle of weeds and everything down there too yeah so. it's a beautiful place yeah when you're lucky and there is enough visibility. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a it's always a punt. It's like between two different days, like exactly like back to back. You can go down there, and it's just like a completely yeah. different. Um, yeah, the visibility makes it all, so it makes it embrace it. But generally, rule of thumb is like whenever you have a northerly coming off offshore, it's usually pretty calm, and yeah. a couple of days of that, it's pretty good down there. Yeah, I, yeah. we can recommend anyone going there to have yeah. a look, definitely. Um, so that was about five years ago when you got back in the water, and yeah, what I has happened so. since? Yeah, with, I know, this, right? with this ocean, ocean passion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Just, <laughs> just sort of just doing what you One day do you're snorkeling in jawbone, yeah. next yeah. day you're chasing uh, the Japanese yeah, on a boat. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what would you do, like... Did you need training before you would go on a trip like that, or how would you? How did you prepare for it? So you'd you'd think so. Um, you'd think you'd need a lot of training to go out to sea. <laughs> um, so I think that's what attracts me to Sea Shepherd as well is their like their DIY attitude to get stuff done, and um, everyone are just like 
everyone on board are just normal people, just passionate people. Um, I think there was on on our vessel. I think we worked out there was about ten people that were like legally qualified in um, like their in their industry, whether it be um, like an engineer or um, like our captain definitely was a, like Gee, a you'd captain. Hope, you'd hope so. You'd <laughs> hope so. That's a relief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but our like our chief engineer was like wasn't qualified either. But like I think that sort of adds to the realness of it and like there's just so much less red tape and if you're passionate about doing something um go out and do it and get it done so you know there was you know another 20 yeah there was another 20 crew another 26 crew that you know had never really sailed before and that was myself as well like I'd never been on a ship really before or even the spirit of Tasmania before and then to spend 83 days at sea it was pretty intense so but like (laughs) it was like I to me, it's just like, um, and what inspired scab duty in many ways as well. It's just like, it's it's about people going out and getting things done, and you know, making a difference and standing up for what you believe in, um, compared to um, you know, doing a uni degree and then sitting and waiting to get paid and not doing something because there's not enough funds for something or money or anything like that. And it's like, yeah, we're all volunteers on board. I think. Yeah. 90% of the crew were volunteers. So was there much of a mix of backgrounds in the people you met? Um, backgrounds from different industries and stuff like that? Or? Oh, did the people on board, did they all have a sort of a similar background to you? Or did you find that you had, you know, sort of doctors and students and yeah. all mixes so, of... Yeah, yeah, big mix. So there was, um, again, yeah, as far as I'm just thinking about, like, the engineers, like, the the fourth engineer so i i sailed on board as as an electrician and oiler which is a sort of assist like a tool assistant for an engineer and also um i was part of the marine plastics campaign on on board as well so we did a bunch of trolling as well um trolling for plastics that is um not fish um so just had to make that clear (laughs) who knows uh yeah um or compliments sorry (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, so yeah, there was, so as far as like the engineers go, uh, like our fourth engineer was a, I think he was a, uh, he worked in law, I can't remember, insurance or something like that, but he was like a motorbike insurance person yeah. from America and, um, he came over and, um, you know, he's been working with Sea Shepherd and learnt the industry through, like learnt about engines through that, um, and then, yeah, there, there is a doctor on board. Like, she's a um, legal qualified doctor from Scotland as well. Um, but, yeah, everyone, like, the deckies, um, yeah, from, like, either dive backgrounds or, yeah, just students and just, again, just normal people getting it done. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So yeah. so you say that your job was being the electrician and also the oiler and assistant to the engineer. So what do, what does your day look like when you when you do work like that? So um a general day for um an engineer would be like we're on watch. Um we're watch keepers. So um basically that means that we we do 4-hour shifts, 4 hours on and then 4 hours off. Um, so my my shift was with um, an, the third engineer um, Leroy, and he, um, uh, me and him, shared pretty much for eighty three days. It was twelve in the morning till um, four at night, and then we'd have eight hours, eight, sorry, eight hours off, and then we'd sleep um, during that time. And then um, 
we would have, um, yeah, then it's lunch and then you'd have 12 in the afternoon till um, 4 in the afternoon. Then you have eight hours off pretty much. And during that time, like the watch keeping is like monitoring, um, yeah, temperature levels, oil levels, keeping things lubricated and moving and keeping the engines, like listening to the engines and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, responding to, say, earth faults or electrical faults or anything like that and fixing general maintenance of the engines and just keeping them going. And then um, we'll do a handover to the next watch and it's just like this sort of like a rat wheel sort yeah. of, um, as far as the engines. So there's always somebody in the engine room sort of at all times. And then um, after that, like after my watch um, in the afternoon, um, I would, yeah either go out to the bridge and like watch wildlife or like i think i worked out that if i didn't actually get outside or go up to the bridge during after my watch i would, I would have been inside for about 16 hours for the day so, so it, like it sort That's of was intense. like it made me like you know i need to get out of this like, <laughs> yeah. little artificial environment and get into the most yeah. wild world in the world <laughs> what do you do for training for that kind of thing do they give you a bit of training in dock before you set out or do you is there something you can pick up um as, as far as yeah training a dog i thought they would like i thought i was going to get a lot more training in lots of different areas we were really busy before um camp we actually set sailed and and uh there weren't a lot of electricians to any electricians so there was a lot of electrical work to sort of do beforehand so it was like between juggling electrical work and we also had the ocean warrior in port as well in um williamstown so it was sort of like there was a team of us like running between the Ocean Warrior and running between uh, the Steve Irwin doing drills like fire drills and fire training and um, like uh, emergency training and stuff like that. Just like general alarms and yeah. that sort of stuff. And then, um, yeah, just general watch keeping training. Like I didn't know, I, I still don't really know much about <laughs> engineering. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. No, like, but you've, you've, you've yeah. spent a lot of hours doing the electricity on yeah, that well, point. That's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so, that's so it's just like, yeah, again, like, um, yeah. So, so we're so. talking to Nico Lenardi uh, about his recent experiences on Sea Shepherd. We'll just have a bit of a break and listen to uh, what have we got, Donna? A little bit of litter by MC Guttermouth and Moop Patrol. Rolling down the street with my crew just flinging it Throwing rubbish on the ground, can't be bothered binning it Ask me how you done, I tell you, I'm just beginning it If there was a competition of littering, I'd be winning it Flick my ciggy butts on the ground Empty my pockets, tip my litter out Chip packets and burger wrappers Drink lid straws and all sorts of plastic no, no. Don't care about a little bit of rubbish Flick it on the ground cause I'm lazy and I'm sluggish Unzip my jacket, let the wind blow it away I don't even make it look like it's a mistake ha! A little bit of litter doesn't matter Rains one day, then it's gone the next We don't think about where it goes, we couldn't care less It's not worth our trouble, not worth our stress Every bit of litter really matters It won't just go away Change. Well, 
what's the matter here? Matter out of place. Matter that matters for the entire human race. You kids don't see what you're leaving behind. Here's a little tale to open your eyes. It's the sad, sad story of the little fish about litter that was aimed at the bin but missed. Swept down the drain into the sea. A little gift to fishy from the big city. We know that you know when it leaves your hand. It doesn't just stay right here where it lands. The very same trash dropped here on the streets is the, the last, last little thing that, that the, the little fish greets. We could tell this sad story day after day. But yous all know it needn't be this way. You can in your plastic bag, you litter, right? Let the little fish live to take another bite. Every bit of litter really matters. It won't just go away. Every bit of litter really matters. It builds up every day. Every bit of litter really matters. It's time to break this chain. Everybody really, really matters. We can all make a change. Okay, I get the topic. I like the way you rock it. You're telling me the problem. It's me that needs to stop it. It's washing down the gutter every time I drop it. My plastic is a weapon and the fish are gonna cop it I never thought about it quite like that before But now it seems like something that I can't ignore I get the picture, it's clear, now there's no confusion Billions of tons of plastic pollution I'm coming with ya, me and my crew, no need to doubt it Now that we understand, we can do something about it It's good we've all come together to find a solution It's definitely about time for a resolution You guys are cool, I like the way you rip about it Now that I'm on your side, it's time to get better at it I'm gonna clean my act up See what I mean? My team will be squeaky clean. Every bit of litter really matters. It won't just go away. Every bit of litter really matters. It fills up every day. Every bit of litter really matters. It's time to break this chain. Everybody really, really matters. We can all make a change. 3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3CR.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. Hi everyone and welcome back to Out of the Blue on 3CR, 855am on this beautiful Sunday. In the studio we've got Nico from Scab Judy who has been on a great three-month adventure um, with Sea Shepherd on Operation Nemesis on the Steve Irwin now, Nico, um, before the before the break, you said that you know you you actually did get some time on deck <laughs> to sort of uh, you know enjoy the sea wind and the, and the wildlife out there and things. So, what are some of the things that that you've seen that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Every every now and then they would let us out of the engine room and um, <laughs> out of. I wasn't just a troll for <laughs> the troll 80, on 80 the bridge. Eighty-three <laughs> days, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty much every every day we'd have like there was a lot of like habitual ship followers, like different birds and um, yeah, whales, like from fin whales to blue whales. To, You've seen blue whales? Yeah. Really? So, oh, well, sorry, they were from the helicopter. So that. Oh, was, yeah, that so was, you could see the, like footage yeah, or something. The footage of it. Yeah. Wow. So that was pretty crazy, and like sperm whales and stuff like that. Um, 
there was um okay back to back to the engine room i kept sort of um through the whole trip i sort of kept a dot point diary of like just the date just to sort of jog my memory and i was looking um just before i came into the studio just to sort of refresh my memory because i knew i'd forget a lot of things um but I just had like this one one heading and it was just like we had a lot of troubles in the engine rooms with like lots of different things going wrong there was lots of things to fix um and I just remember we were just like there was lots of cussing on this particular date <laughs> <laughs> yeah right um and it was like everything's broken and you know what what am I doing here like you know it wasn't it definitely wasn't a holiday like yeah. what um the you know the the campaign definitely wasn't a holiday and I think a lot of people sort of the general idea that I get from a lot of people are telling like come back to me and tell me like you know oh how was the trip how was the all, all this stuff and I'm like yeah it wasn't exactly like they just sort of think it's a boat cruise or something to Antarctica <laughs> to, have a, to have a look at wildlife and it, it was it was anything but yeah so um yeah it was a lot of work and you know a lot of hard work and how, then, did, it, how did it compare to what you might have seen on whale wars on whale wars okay yeah um, did, you get, wars? did you get to like chase any Japanese yeah so there weren't, weren't any uh sort of boat actions or anything like that um intense is sort of like i guess relentless or um like no compromise or anything like that um those campaigns but um it was more i guess the the main focus on the campaign was just getting um trying to find the nishimaru and that's the big factory vessel but mainly um just trying to get the media of that um factory vessel actually whaling in um you know, uh, an Australian whale sanctuary. Yeah. Um, and we got that on the 15th. Well, the helicopter got that um, footage on the 15th of January. Um, and, yeah, and that was the first time um, that anyone's got evidence of um, the Japanese actually whaling in um, these waters since um, since 2015, I think it was yeah, as right. well. So since the like the International Court of Justice actually you know barred them from yeah. going down there in the first place. So, wow. um, and that that's sort of what made this campaign a lot different than all the other ones. That their quota was 333 whales, and um, the whaling grounds was a lot bigger. Like it was a, the biggest whaling grounds that they had, and also a, a smaller quota as well. So um, that those numbers actually did come back and they did actually get those numbers, but still it was um, over, over the past 11, like 11 whaling campaigns. I'm pretty sure it was like the counts up to like 6,000 whales or something like that. Sea Shepherd is directly stopped like in and saved. So, which is good. So the helicopter, when they found um, the Japanese vessel, how far away from your vessel was it? Oh, I'm not a hundred. It was quite a way off. It was quite a way off. No chance of you actually. Yeah, there was no it. way of catching it. Yeah. yeah. And so you didn't have any ship interactions. Did you have any other sort of intense we, or scary moments with the weather or um, anything like that, or icebergs? Or hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if I could say much. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we just had like yeah, again, just some engine troubles and yeah. stuff like that, and just like close to weather and yeah. stuff like that. So that could have been a lot. Um, that could have been pretty bad. There were um, some intense fire drills, I guess, <laughs> yeah. and and sort of fires and stuff like that as well. Like which wasn't 
wasn't that intense, but it's just like, you know, things can escalate. Yeah. And um, personalities were definitely sometimes intense as well. <laughs> yeah, because that is also something that's because, yeah. you know, you, you do have this common goal of, you know, wanting to save the whales. and um, But really, you, you, you know, you're throwing a, a crew of people from all different lives and different places together and you know sort of pray that that works mm, <laughs> i can yeah. imagine it can be a little bit stressful sometimes yeah, definitely. but um now you are sort of uh, you know you know back here what are your what are your best memories of the trip what um, are the things that you really love what are the things that made you feel like yes yeah. this is why i'm doing this yeah um Oh, I've got too many of them. I guess a lot of, yeah, a lot of those, if you had asked me about a month ago, I would have had a different, (laughs) a different opinion. But no, it was, um, yeah, a lot of, yeah, a lot of those good memories have consolidated. I guess back to what I was saying before as well, like, um, like keeping that diary and that, that one day, that one date, it was like, you know, everything, everything sucks. What am I doing here? Holy, holy crap. And then it was like the next, exact next day, it was like, um, like the heading just read best full stop day full stop ever <laughs> and it was like um i like woke up in the morning it was 11 o'clock and um the ship was surrounded by orcas and it was like wow this is like orcas in the wild they're not in sea world um they're not in captivity in a little fishbowl they're in like where they're supposed to be and like you know there was all these like little calves and like coming up to the ship and swimming around and um we kept moving as well like just kept moving and then they like sailed off then i went and had lunch can't remember what lunch was i think i wrote it down but it doesn't matter uh, <laughs> i'm telling you my best day ever here all right. <laughs> um still to date um and then it was um we'll get you back in to talk about the lunch diaries yeah, yeah. <laughs> please <laughs> the, like, let's talk about the food later but holy crap i can imagine so good. that food becomes um, pretty important man it was well. so good yeah, yeah so good um um, so then, um, yeah, we kept sailing and yeah, we we're away from orcas at this point. Um, we ended up drifting just to save a bit of fuel. And, um, also I think there was weather coming up. So to move around, like to keep it, keep away from the weather and stuff like that. Um, and the captain called like sort of to boost, um, crew morale a bit to have a swim in the ocean as well in Antarctica. So it was like zero degrees, I think maybe minus one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's so, possible in seawater. Yeah. yeah, freezes at minus three. Minus so, three, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we ended up jumping in and, um, yeah, it was just with whatever you wanted to wear, uh, like <laughs> just jump in. So, and yeah, I pretty much jumped in and jumped out as quickly as I jumped in. And it was like, it was, yeah, it was freezing, but it was really warm. Like the, there was no wind or anything like that. So as soon as you jump out, like your body just like fights to get warm and you're yeah. just overwhelmingly warm. Like it was, yeah, it was incredible and um so at that point how far away were the orcas yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure they were pretty they were pretty far away yeah, <laughs> i don't think I'd, i don't think i'd jump in with orcas or no, <laughs> probably not and then um and then later on uh some of the crew were and and the captain and some of the crew ended up going snorkeling around um around an iceberg and stuff like that as well and um and then we yeah ended up doing a little small boat trip around the um around an iceberg as well and that was yeah best day ever and it sort of like put that perspective as well with um yeah a lot of things so, Nico it sounds like we might have yeah. to get you back on the show that's cool. we've, we're, running, we're running out of time too many adventures talk about the food no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us today, Nico. Cool. And we, no we definitely will get you back in. Um, so you've been listening to Nico Lenardi on Out of the Blue 3CR. 
stick around next for Out of the Pan. Um, and don't forget, it's not too late. Uh, the 10th of May, we have our fundraising trivia night at the Highlander Bar at 6pm in the city. And you can check our Facebook details to, uh, to find out more about And buy that tickets. Everybody, come, please. Oh, 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 oh. 